Hello and welcome back to How Good Is That? Season 2, To the Black, Episode 13, Heart of Gold. My name is Dan. J-Rod. John Thomas. <laughs> and that little blip that you heard in there was Paul. Uh, sometimes Discord doesn't behave. So we do have a Paul here as usual. And we're going to... Hey, there he is. Now we got a Paul. Now we got a Paul. John Thomas. Yes, yes, yes. You have uh, a name for a penis. This, uh... Jonathan Taylor Thomas. (laughs) None of that. How have I never realized that? How have I never realized his name is John Thomas? I don't know. Oh my god. That's... you've, You've shattered my entire worldview. Sorry. Weird worldview. I mean, not really. But I mean, I do. But you haven't really like shattered my entire worldview. But like, I am. Oh, okay. Sparta. No, he's not actually. Uh, Thomas is apparently his performing name. He chose to be John Thomas. Oh, let's let's talk. Did about he choose it, or did his parents choose it? Because he's had that since he was like. Oh, fair, because he was born Jonathan Taylor Weiss. So. Whatever. You're named after a grocery store. So, anyway, uh, we're talking a lot about uh, sex workers in this episode, so this should be interesting. There's a lot to to unpack in (laughs) terms of sex work. Yeah, you know, not like Max and I didn't release a very potentially contentious podcast already this week. Let's fucking release another one. I mean, Hooray. it's just how things line up. Yeah, sometimes sometimes people say stupid shit, and sometimes we gotta talk about sex work from 16 years ago, or 15 years ago, when it finally aired. The old sex. It's the uh, noble profession, the oldest profession. Yeah, I wouldn't say noble. I mean, yeah, it could be noble. It's a, it's an empowering. Well, it it can be an empowering profession, but not not so much at uh, at Nandy's brothel. Yeah, yeah. Plus, fuck the guy that plays Rance Burgess, Frederick Lane. Uh, he was in The Greatest Showman, also playing an asshole. So clearly playing to type. Maybe I don't know. I'm sure he's a fine human being, but he plays an asshole well. So. Uh, and conveniently enough, we open on him. And, uh, him being very demandy about Pedaline, which is such a wonderfully countrified name. Just, that's, like, one of the things, again, this show has done a couple of times is just, like, very simply named people. How bumpkin can we name these these characters? Yeah, pretty much. Also, of, of note... The actress that played Pedaline is married to uh, Bruce McCullough from Kids in the Hall. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I found that out while I was researching this episode. And I was just like, wow, that's pretty rad. Canadians. So, uh, and, and Nandy, played by the ever-wonderful Melinda Clark, um, who I think I probably first discovered in watching this episode. I don't think I had seen her uh, well, that depends. When was she on? I mean, I guess I knew her from the episodes of Xena she was on, because I saw every episode of Xena. 
but not from Return of the Living Dead Three. Uh, no, I did not know her from Return of the Living Dead Three. That's nor more from, of a Max thing. Nor from Spawn, though I now remember she was in Spawn. Uh, yep. What was the first lady? You remember where the internet reminded you? Well, I now am reminded. Um, no, Spawn remembers the internet. <laughs> it would have been CSI because I started watching CSI in the third season, which was the year before this episode of Firefly aired. So, Lady Heather's box uh, would have been the um, first episode of her th that I saw and anything, and then it would have been as Nandy. But right. Lady Heather's box, notable for a line that I quote all too often, what would Aldous Huxley, Huxley think? Anything mm. he wanted to, as long as he had a valid credit card. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, Rance Burgess, which is, that's a stupid fucking name, Rance Burgess. Like, not, nece not nece necessarily that everyone in Firefly has good names, because we also have Daryl Book, but Rance Burgess. He just sounds like a like an old Batman villain. Rance, I think, is the, the main problem here. Yeah, Burgess is a fine, a fine surname, but Rance Burgess. Rance. <laughs> Rance! <laughs> Can't spell rancid without rants. Well, to a certain extent. Um, so his thugs bring out Petaline, and he's uh, he takes DNA because he's gonna come get his child back if it's his. Uh, what is it? I'll I'll cut it out of you if I need to. Yeah. Which is that's rough, man. Fuck this dude. Like this episode starts off harder than most episodes of Firefly. Yeah, it's 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 not even like kid gloves are off. Kids gloves have exploded. Yeah, it's just like okay, so this is what's happening now. Like this this is what we're going to do. We're going to have the episode where a guy threatens to murder a sex worker for his child, for for what would could possibly be his child. That's that's some heavy shit, man. You gotta have an air, I guess. There's something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in 1985. Rants. Rants! My rants tooth. Uh, so then we cut to Serenity and Inara receiving the distress call from Nandy. And uh, they, you know, are obviously old friends. And Inara says, hey, Mal, um, you know, Nandy used to be companion but she's not anymore and these women at her brothel are not companions so they're not protected by the companions guild and uh mal gets in that weird high and mighty place that he sometimes gets and uh decides that they'll do the job but doesn't need to be paid yeah this is a weird kind of split for for him at this point mm -hmm. like we'll get into the the selfless the more selfless version of mal but this is definitely in the minority of time so far yeah and and it's also like it's weird because how many times in the series so far have we heard mal insult inara directly for her line of work lots and now he's gonna get all like don't worry i'll save them about it yeah, it's like we're taking a few cues from Shindig and a few cues from the train job here. Uh-huh. It's 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 really weird, especially because, like, it, it seems like, I don't know, if the way it was written, 
or the way Fillion played it, it just seems to make sense. It's like it's like, yeah, this is what we're doing now. Yeah, it's I mean it's I think it I think it really is a nod to them because it is by far the thinnest like the thinnest let's go, like it's the thinnest kind of uh spark, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's barely anything to it. It's just this is someone I know, they need help. Mm-hmm. And they know where to find us. Therefore they, they hire the A team, but for no money. Yeah. Which is a little strange. It's it's really it's really weird. But it like it feels like it works though, especially because like Serenity lands near the ranch, Jane does Jane things, Book does book things, and Simon does Simon things. Like everybody acts exactly to type for a few minutes. One gets a boner, one is a doctor, and one devours anything that looks like food near him. <laughs> That's probably my one of my favorite parts is him just like chowing down hardcore. <laughs> like and... when they come up to ask him for like a sermon, and he's just like got food food in each hand or food in his mouth. <laughs> it's pretty great. Well, it's uh, you know maybe it's the. Uh... You know, this this is that look inside the fact that Book isn't really the character he pretends to be. So he's like, maybe if I busy so, busy myself with food, I'll forget for a minute that I'm surrounded by women who have sex for money. That, and there's real food here. Also that, yeah, we've been on, you know, Alliance Protein Paste for how long? Right. Because, again, if we, if we follow the timeline that we, uh, that we assumed in Trash... It's been over a year since our Mrs. Reynolds at that point. Right. And so it's probably been several months since then. So we're talking, we're probably closing in on two years in in universe at this point that he's been with Serenity and not eating normal foods. Yeah, pretty much. So I guess. And Any semblance of grown food. Yeah, yeah. Well, which I guess makes sense, considering that he yeah. tended a garden at the Abbey. Yeah, and he got along with strawberries, yeah. yeah. Any <laughs> pork in a storm. Any, did you say any pork in a storm? Yes, I did. Any that's pork in a storm. Did. That's what Jane's up to. That's a smudge. <laughs> no, that's both of them. <laughs> any pork in a storm. Porkin. Uh, porkins? Weekend at Porkins. <laughs> any porkins in a storm. Porkins day out. <laughs> oh, it got weird. So, while while those three are completely playing exactly to type, Mal, I guess, plays to type and gets to bonding with Nandy. And there we get expository dialogue. I mean, this episode is, oh man, it's such a weird episode. It's deeply upsetting because going into this rewatch... I loved this episode. I still do. And a large portion of that is because of Melinda Clark. But goddamn, is this actually a pretty weak episode? It really is like, it's basically um, the Road Warrior, the Seven Samurai, the Magnificent Seven. It's just that jammed into a TV show that is 40 and change minutes. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, uh, it's just... They're, they want to do so much. There's so much to accomplish here. Like, this this episode goes like lightning to get through all the things they need to get done. Mm-hmm. 
like oof, and the B plot barely exists with the baby and everything. Like I know it's the A plot and it's tied to the B plot, but everybody who's giving in the actual birthing mm-hmm. is like it's just like there's scarcely a B, a B plot there. Wash and Zoe are largely just over there. Yeah, they're really off. Yeah, like it's just this whole this whole episode struggles to get. You know, under what is a simple premise of infinite movies before it that all do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's annoying. It's a uh, it's a rough episode. It's a damn shame because I really like, and I I do still enjoy the episode, but boy, like the conversation between Mal and Nandy is just like, oh, is it over yet? Did they get through the expository dialogue? Yeah. Like, do we? Do do we know? Like, we already knew who the fucking villain was. We told, we watched him threaten to murder a woman. Like, we didn't need you to know. Like, we didn't need you to tell us he was bad. Right. Like, you showed us. Show don't tell. It's mi- it's think, visual media. I think they're trying more to show that she's, like, for the most part, good. Yeah. I think is basically where it's, where it's kind of lined up because we can tell. And like you said, the opening the opening shot is the bad guy. So I think we need to show that she's she shares a moral compass the same way, like t- similar to the one Mal has, mm-hmm. where it's like I ain't doing exactly the best stuff in the world, but I'm doing it on my own terms and in a way that's not harming anyone. I might not be doing good, but I'm doing right, or the other way around. I might not be doing right, but I'm doing good. Yes, precisely. Yeah. Uh, so then, I'm all right, <laughs> I get by. It's mine. Uh, Mal and Inara go to a public event hosted by Rance without letting him know that they know Nandy. Uh, Mal oogles his fucking laser pistol and decides, alright, I guess he really is the shit dick that everybody thinks he is. And what's it like, while we're doing that basically, or shortly after they leave... He gets his confirmation that the baby is indeed his. And so we know what that means. They're either going to give him the baby or he's going to cut it out of her. Like like what he threatened earlier. Right. Um, so Mal and Inara go back to the brothel and say, Hey, we will evacuate you all and get you off of here. Uh, rather than have you face, what does he call him, a monster who thinks he's right with God? Yeah. Which is like a wonderful expression. Like... He might be a monster, but he thinks he's doing right. Right. He truly believes that what he's doing is the correct thing. So yeah. you're fighting someone who is, thinks they're 100% in the right. Well, we get a lot of that throughout this entire series, right? That's one of those things that one of the things the series cast a good light on is people who think they're in the right because either they're doing the correct thing legally or they have some sort of twisted way to explain their ethics and morality. That's why Mel's the central character, right? Mm-hmm. He's a good he's a good version of that for us because he largely is what we all agree is pretty much correct, mm-hmm. lawful, reasonable, maybe not the laws of, you know, the future society, but for the most part, a decent dude. If this were a D&D alignment, he'd be lawful neutral. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, pretty, pretty center holding straight lace, just lawful, not ridiculous. Yeah, it just sways back and forth between neutral and good for the most part. Yeah. And yeah, just kind of does his thing, and we got to see kind of how that butts heads with everything else. But 
this dude's in the same boat where it's just like he'll kill all of you and he'll sleep well that night yeah and he's not gonna back down just because we you know we were here right he'll be back with more but nandy being a strong independent woman don't need no man has decided that she is gonna stay where she is and she doesn't want to leave her brothel and her ranch and everything that she's got that she's earned herself you know which yeah. there's there's a certain amount of admirable stubbornness in that i feel Again, like very much like mal yeah yeah as soon as she explains that he's like all right we're in yeah, well, because that's, you know, again, that that's exactly how, uh, that's exactly how Mal is, exactly. Like, he's, sure, go ahead. <laughs> like, I will be that. I mean, you know, stubbornness being stubbornness. I mean, we know, we know all about stubbornness. We have Paul. Isn't that right, Paul? Yep. yep. All right, that's right, Paul. So. Yeah, she's, and she is certainly, she is certainly female female ouch dude how long you been sitting on that one uh about the past 30 seconds oh good good for you the female male female female ha 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 about how it went i had a feeling i i was having a feeling that you had thought of that uh while you were watching the episode and you were just like waiting to drop it on us no no the female female that's a good one it is so so we're gonna defend the ranch. We're gonna we're gonna stay. We're gonna stick it out. We're gonna try to deal with this. So um, the crew get ready and they start preparing, and uh, we get Zoe and Wash counterpointing the. I, the baby thing is I guess the a plot because it's what inspires Burgess, so. We get a right. nice a nice marital conversation about having a child. And um you know, we get once again, we get great wash, but is anyone really surprised? At this point it'd be hard to be. Yeah, like we get wonderfully emotive wash here and just it it's the realization once again where you're like, Oh right, he's not a He's not a hardened soldier. Right? He's right. just a man. Yeah, just dude who like flyship. Yeah. Dude who good flyship. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the uh you know, that's the other piece. I just wish that there was a little bit of maybe some kind of standoffishness from the crew. Mhm. When she like kind of puts her foot down and it's like, no, we're staying and fighting after Mal's like, this is dumb. Let's leave. I just wish maybe we had gotten a little bit of pushback from someone in the crew. She's like, this is stupid. You're all stupid. Mm -hmm. Well, you especially, I mean? especially with the way that like Kaylee was behaving earlier. Like, yeah. you know, cause we did, we did gloss over, uh, one of the best wash lines from the whole series where I unwed, I would take you in a manly fashion. Right. Cause I'm pretty. Cause you're pretty. Yep. So it's uh yeah. yeah. And so much of this episode is about the the moral kind of quandary that is this whole situation. So to see a character actually break down and be like, no, this is like we're here because this dude had sex with a hooker and ended up having a child with her and he wants the child 
which is probably reasonable for the child as the dude is clearly loaded financially. Yeah, meanwhile, and, you know, she's a sex worker and no shame in that, right. but definitely not the same kind of money that Burgess could produce. No, she's living with a bunch of other sex workers under one roof and, you know, they get by, but it's not a flashy life. Yeah. So, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I just wish there was a little bit of a battle there. A little bit more than there was when Mouse just like, no, this guy is pretty much devoted to his cause. Yeah, this and this is what we're doing. Right. It's so much just, like, snap decision-making in this episode. I think that's what kind of makes it feel a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. But all of that becomes rendered somewhat moot as there's a baby coming. And Inara, Simon, and River are, uh, I guess, pressed into, well, Inara and River are pressed into being hospital assistants while Simon goes into doctor mode. And uh, Mal and Nandy are bonding, and we get yet further expository dialogue! Yep. <laughs> About uh, Nandy and the companion training, and Inara, and Shinon, and that... Nara would have been the house the house mother and then she just up and left and Nandy had already left because she didn't want to be too controlled and everything was too constrained and yep I'm gonna I got my own whorehouse and made it better than it was it's just like that this is the sequence that kind of soured this episode for me to be honest like in a way that I never expected was like yeah. cri critically thinking about this sequence was just like this is the second time in like what 15 minutes that nandy has been called on to become just a mouthpiece of expository dialogue well i mean it gets by right because melinda clark is basically the human embodiment of sexuality ah uh, she's fantastic she like she could fart and it would be hot well <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, she, it would be. I'm just, I mean, just like every, like she can't, like every stare she gives, and ever across the, like across the board, in every performance she's in, that's why you get Melinda Clark, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like if you're a casting agent, you're just like, we need someone who's like an an experienced woman who is just is sexuality. Get Melinda Clark on the line. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like every role she's taken, for the most part, mm -hmm. is smacks of that dan mentioned her role in csi which is just that you know what i mean the dials turned all the way up on that one she ended up in seven episodes of csi and in the finale movie yeah yeah and... it's just i mean that's what she does and the only reason it's passable is because she can deliver the dialogue in a way that you're just like damn it this is hot mm -hmm. right you're just thinking what mal's thinking like damn she is female that's hot I've seen this episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> you mean the episode that Melinda Clark's in? No, no, she's, one. She, I, she is in an episode of Seinfeld. No, it's the one with Janine Garofalo. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Where she's female, Jerry. Yep, yep, yep. I, I found what I've been looking for in a woman all along. <laughs> Myself. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's good stuff. Ah, man. Seinfeld. That's a classic. We do a really long season of How Good Is That on Seinfeld. Oh, God. Even if it went by seasons, it'd be long. There's only seven seasons. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. So it's it's it would be quite doable. That's dense. Yeah, it would be dense, though. Do a whole season in one. That would be rough. 
Um, three-hour episodes. Yeah. Ooh, no. Seven no three-hour episodes. No, thanks. I think I'm all right. But anyway, uh, then we get the, the scene I guess most people were waiting for, and Mal and Nandy have sex. And Nandy, whoop, whoop. Nandy says what all of us are thinking in the moment. I ain't her. Which is just like in that moment, like fanboy me wanted to be like, no, Mal, but then was also like, wait a minute. Yes, Mal, you, you get yours. You're going into battle tomorrow. You got to do the soldier thing. Yep. Get laid. Get laid before possibly dying. Might as well go out, you know, with your boots on blazed. <laughs> you Might go out with a bang. Hey, okay. there he on, is. Max. It was there. Hey, man, I, I blew my load on female. <laughs> you yeah, would, you too. Fart. I thought you blew your load when the female farted. I did. <laughs> she could fart and it would be hot. It, tell me I'm wrong. I'm not going to... Anybody say I was wrong. In in a lot of ways, I'm not going to disagree with you. Damn in right. a lot of ways, I'm going to ask to move on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm driving this ship. Who's driving this ship? Oh, right. So anyway, we have, uh, uh, what, Sherry, Shari, whatever the fuck her name is, is, uh, double-timing on Nandy about... I should have been gone. <laughs> oh, More dirty <laughs> Oh, Sherry. <laughs> should have been gone. But anyway, she's double-timing on everybody, and she's telling Burgess all about what's going on. And uh, then he gets really self-righteous about women are meant to be submissive servants to men. And in in something that I'm amazed would have aired on Fox had they not canceled the show earlier, he tells her to blow him in front of everybody. I mean, one for the road. Just, you know, one at this the point road. of the show, I wasn't 100% sure if he was really a bad guy. And then but, that happened, and you're like, yeah, I'm oh, like, right, no, he's actually the worst. Maybe he just really wants a baby. Like, maybe, <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe he's just misunderstood. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, this is no. some of the most overly heavy-handed writing. Like, this is Stitch-level bad. Right? Like, he's a good villain, but the way they write him is like, oh, my God, he's just like, it's so just heavy and like I'm not an idiot. Like I'm not. And I was paying attention to the show. Yeah. Like I wasn't just whatever it would be that I was doing while I wasn't watching the show, running my head into a wall or something. I mean, it fucking works because like it's obvious this dude's the literal worst now. So because what does he tell her? She needs to like what is it, like you need to do a few more chores or something? Like what the fuck? Like, I yeah, mean, rough. anything short of like get down on your knees and fucking suck me off would have been smoother than a few more chores. Get on your knees and tell me you love me. <laughs> we love you. Sit on my face and tell me that you love me. That's not Home Alone 2. No, no it is not. No, that's Monty Python. <laughs> I know what it is. It's not Home Alone 2. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, which has its own weirdly sexual overtones. <laughs> Get on your knees and tell me you love me. <laughs> sure. Cheeks, Bodhi Bob, Cliff. <laughs> it's a lie! 
it's almost Christmas time. It's almost Home Alone time. I mean, Rudolph saw it as we record this. Really? Yep. Last night I watched uh, two different parts of Elf several hours apart that are only a few minutes apart in the movie. I see. It's it's ha- it is happening again. Oh, Twin Peaks. Maybe someday we'll do you on this show. Uh, so anyway, we move forward to the next morning, and uh, Mal is being very puritanical in trying to explain to Inara what happened, which to me feels grossly out of place, because again, all of the times that he has openly mocked her for her profession, and now he's like, uh, well... Uh, you see, what ha- happened was... I, I fell. Articulate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, it's wrong. Yeah, no, I know. But she, she tripped, and she fell on my dick. You know, it's basically what he's doing. And it's like, man, that's... And, and fortunately for the writing in this episode, she immediately cuts him off. And it's just like, no need to be embarrassed. You... You did the human thing, bud. Like, yep. this is what we do. And uh, also, thank you for comforting her because we are friends and she's clearly having a rough time because we all may die today. Yep. So, but then... Cut to... Yeah, cut to hurt Brocken. Inara just weeping openly well not openly secret but privately sad. yeah secret sad and uh and nandy getting the full review of oh maybe maybe there is more to this relationship with Re- malcolm reynolds than she told me there was maybe maybe i now feel bad about fucking him she accused mal of not telling her the whole thing it's like mm-hmm. if he had known he wouldn't have done that yeah but that's the thing, right? That's the, the, as Max pointed out several episodes ago, the will they, won't they of Mal and Inara through the whole series. Because it's yep. TV, right? We had to get the will they, won't they going on in there. And so we did a bunch. Ooh. Yeah. Will they, won't they? You won't find out until the movie. And even then, it's still left very up in the air. So well, with that, then, I'm going to live. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, the fact that there's two will they won't they relationships in this goddamn series. Yeah, it's a little rough. Yeah, well, but they're very different will they won't they's because there's like like Malin and Ara is very like it's, it's handled... like there's an adult version and a kid version. Yes, yes, because yeah, the, the Kaylee and I was, Simon. I was gonna articulate that and then immediately stop myself. So like that's really not an okay way to say that. I think mature yeah. and immature. You got there. Mallory and Nara handle it in a very mature way, and Kaylee and Simon, it's very immature. It's very dancing around itself. It's very... Oh, 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 excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh no, I saw your dick. Oh, no. Um, What show were you watching? (laughs) I mean, TGIF. Thank God it's fucking. Don't sully that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Can I sully Erna it? Godsmack? No. Okay, fair enough. Yeah! <laughs> Fortunately, I've come far enough in my life I cannot remember a single... Nope, I Stand Alone just came into my head. I was like, I couldn't remember a single Godsmack song. And then I did. 
everything that I believe have faded. <laughs> Stand alone. There's so many bad ones. Yeah, yeah. Let's not go looking for them. So, there is a song called Serenity by Godsmack. Really? Let's not forget. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, man. Fascinating. Yep. There's also a song called Firefly by Breaking Benjamin, but that doesn't mean we have to know it. <laughs> you do. It's fine. <laughs> oh, voodoo. 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 Yeah. <laughs> That's real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Man. What a terrible... They, they put out an album this year. Yep. Holy shit. Not good, according to the melon. I'm shit. None of their albums... Their albums weren't good when, like, I thought that music was good. I didn't like Godsmack when I watched exactly that kind of... Watched? Listened to exactly that kind of music. I still liked Godsmack at that point. I mean, I probably did, and I'm just looking back in hindsight. Yeah, I mean, it's like... It doesn't get much harder than Rob Zombie or Godsmack, right? That's true. That was that was where I was in life at a point. On that uh, the uh, those like WYSP afternoons. Yep. Listening to the the hard rock radio station instead of just the rock and roll radio station. Yeah, that's for that's for wusses. <laughs> yeah, there was there there was one radio station that had mandatory Metallica and one that didn't. Uh yep, that's the thing that happened. So anyway, moving on to Rance and his men uh, attacking the ranch and everybody just shooting guns back and forth and we're setting up barricades. Looks like Les Miserables up in here. And Wash and Kaylee trap some of Rance's men on the ship since they decided that they needed to invade the ship. Um... But Wash accidentally cuts himself off from the bridge, so he can't bring Serenity around to join the battle. Whoops. Whoops. And uh, the uh, horrible double-crossing Sherry lets uh, Rance inside right as Petaling gives birth, because of course she does, and he steals the baby, uh, exactly as he threatened to do and uh shoots nandy when she tries to stop him right in the gut a good gut shot they bleed forever and then eventually you die sadly true yeah and uh fortunately for the plot device uh mal ends up bringing him back because of course he does and uh pedaline jonah meet your daddy daddy's gonna go away now or whatever it is she says uh, I had it. Yeah. I actually had the quote up. Say goodbye to your say daddy. Goodbye, your say goodbye daddy. to daddy. Say goodbye Jonah. to your daddy. Yeah, say hi to daddy. Say goodbye to daddy. And the line is, "Who is your daddy?" And what, what does he, does he do? do? And then she just nothing. He dies. Yeah, she fucking executes him, fucking gangland style. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> like just puts one right between the fucking eyes, man. Like, bang, and then apparently all that was needed to scare off all of his thugs was him dying. Yeah, I just wish that, again, more moral ambiguity, right? Like, what did we just see? Mm-hmm. Like, we I just watched was, a woman I, execute a guy. Yeah, like, I wouldn't, like, and just, like, right in front of the child, granted, 
you know, a little, little, start, a little far away from his formative yeah, age. Several minutes old and not exactly going to remember this. Unless, but, uh, well, no, I think even um, people with photographic memories don't remember every minute. It's still, like, it's just like, what, like, what are we seeing here? Like, this is kind of no holds barred at this point. Mm -hmm. It gets pretty intense. It's fucking shooting a guy in the face. Right in the beak. Wild witch, yeehaw! Wild West, yeah. John Wayne, bang, bang. This ain't John Wayne, pow, pow. That's John Wayne, bang, bang. Uh, and so... Shot me down, bang, bang. Ooh. I was five and we were six. Or I was five and he was six. The road on horses made of sticks. Bang, bang. My baby shot me down. And now I want to watch Kill Bill. So... Uh, she also says, Sherry, go with them because you have no place here. They do a very nice funeral for Nandy, and Serenity buggers the fuck on out of there because they're done. Yeah. Uh, and then we have what I really hope or hoped the first time I saw this was going to be the touching Mal and Inara moment that we've been waiting for for the entire series. And spoilers, it isn't. Nope. I'm so glad that you were able to comfort her because she was definitely in troubles and she ended up dying, but maybe she died happy because she had your dick in her or something. I don't know. I'm sad too. And Mal... <laughs> I, I mean, it's not very well communicated. Given how well the rest of this series and episode is written, it's not very well communicated. No, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is there so much to unpack here? It's just like... Like, this episode was so ambitious. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think it really kind of ended up not being one of the stronger episodes because it just tried to do so much. Yeah. And, like, heavy stuff. Not, like, one thing or, like, one thing's the main focus and the rest is kind of light. This is, like, every part of this is messed up. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. We don't even have anybody to unpack. Like, we don't have that person who we're kind of seeing the episode through. We don't have our surrogate. We we just have, like, we're just watching it. Mm -hmm. Like, normally the scene's like, oh, okay, we're like, this Kaylee's our surrogate, or Mal sometimes is, and it jumps around, and we've talked about it in the past. This one, through the whole episode, we got nobody to, like, this is just messed up. Like, why can't River be like that? You know what I mean? Why can't she be afraid and worried, and, like, this is making her go a little bit nuttier than usual? Mm -hmm. get some, give me somebody to latch on, or or there's a, you know, a pastor out there. Yeah. Like, let the preacher kind of convey how messed up this whole situation is. Please. Even if it was just him and Mal having a talk. Mm hmm Where it's just like, this is really, really effed up. It's like, not good. Like, all that kind of stuff. Like, we need to unpack it. Or even if it's between him and Inara, that'd be even better, right? Because then we get the, the viewpoint of the you know the sex workers on this and the the half of us where it's like uh uh and, and she'd be like no i'll explain why this is you know why this is okay and we could maybe get more exposition like the nandy exp exposition where she talks about her going through uh what is it the academy or whatever um the it's about what do they call it the uh i guess just the companion training that they went through yeah and like we could have a nara tell that story 
Mm-hmm. So then you, then you can see how how long they've been friends. Yeah. You know, like, I just feel like there was a different scene that we could have had or an extra scene or two that we, or something we could have changed out to make this episode hit home a little bit harder. And to, because I mean, this just kind of leaves so much on the table. Yeah. Like every character to character wise, like around the whole plot, like there's so much where it's just like, like, <laughs> like we had a whole episode about the difference between high and low society. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and now you're, you're dropping all these bombshells in this episode. Like, this is heavy. Like, look at Shindig. And then look at this episode. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, what? It's so extreme. It's so extreme. They go very different places with the two episodes. Yeah, that's why the heart. That's why Heart of Gold's a tough, a tough episode for me because I just feel like there was so. This felt like it could have been a three-part mini or something for the show. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have to do this in one episode. It felt like the the episode really suffers because of that. We didn't know exactly what we're trying to get out of it. What's the, what is like if you had to break this down to one sentence, what would it be? What's that one sentence? That's tough. Moral implications of sex work. Things are rough all over, Pony Boy. Yeah, maybe. Like I don't even know how we react to. Like I just don't know what the central theme of this episode is. It ends poorly for everybody, basically. Well, and not only that, it ends what I think poorly, because you know after Mal tries to talk to Inara about the way they feel about each other. Note pointedly, not the way he feels about her, but the way they must feel about each other. Which is like, come on, dude. Like, don't assume. But anyway, uh, Inara talks about how Nandi, you know, had created a family and the family you choose and everything else. And and that that makes people never want to break away and leave. And, and it's good, basically, is what she's saying. But what she's implying is, fuck, we're on the verge of doing that here and I got to get out by. And yeah. it's just like, so... Those those emotional testicles of mine that were already kind of hurting, she just pulls back her foot and connects. Right. Right in the emotional balls. Just when you think it's going to maybe start going right for the two of them, she's just like, nah, fuck it. Yeah, it's just, it's tough. And it's like, yeah, there's, I mean, there's good parallels to draw between them and what was going on there. And like, what's okay, what's not okay, how, how different is this world, but... Give me something to latch onto that's a central focus. Yes. Like, there's so much here that's so scatterbrained, and then the, the rants standoff is, like, such a huge factor. And him as a character, we spend so much time learning about. Yeah. Like, there's just so much here. It's so busy. It's a very it's a very high-concept episode, especially because I'm willing to bet that when they positioned it initially, they were just like, all right, so we're going to put this near the end of the season, it's going to set up Inara's leaving. We'll bring her back next season. And this is going to set up, hey, Mal, it's not okay to call her a whore all the time because there's more going on. Like right. That's, have- that's to me like what it, what it seems they set out to do with this episode. And right. it just didn't get there because we didn't get the rest of what this story was setting up for like season two. I think that may be, that may be the, the most generous way to look at it for sure. Oh, it's TV. I I watch a lot of television. I've seen this kind of story play out many times across different television series. No, it makes sense. Where... It's, a, it's a way I hadn't really looked at it before. Because you look at it, you're like, that's kind of a weak plot. And then you realize, like, six months later when you're watching the third episode of the next season, you're like, oh, 
there's the payoff. Yeah, I just, I want to see, I mean, there's just so much. It's such a crazy episode. Yeah, it is. Like, when the mother holding the baby shoots the father in the face. And yeah. I just said that. Like, you know what I mean? That's yeah, like that's those, barely a those, resolution. No, and those were the words that you got to say. Yeah, like, holy cow, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, how do we make this work? But I think, you know, the drawing the parallels and trying to set up for a future kind of piece makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, you know, Anara gets to see kind of, is this a good thing or is this a bad? Like, you really, it calls a lot into question about the work because, you know, right? She's doing, Melinda Clark's character's doing the work at a baseline level. Yeah. There's no frills. There's no laws. There's no fancy. It's just sex for money. Uh-huh. That's, you know, when you cut everything down to the brasses of tax, you are selling sex for money. And so, you know, that I it's great, but let me spend more time with Anara in this episode, you know? Mm-hmm. That's all I want, is I just want someone to cling to. I want someone to... I want someone that I, that feels the weight of this the way I do as a viewer. Right. And I just don't get that in this episode. Not really, no. Not really. But, uh... We are almost done, you know? You realize that? We've got... Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, been, it's probably been about 45 minutes. Oh, stop it. Actually, it has. But, uh... We have one episode, one movie, and then the ranking episode. So Yeah, it's crazy. We've got two more episodes proper, and then our ranking episode, and we are done with this season. It's sad. It's, I mean, it's come quick. We knew this was going to be a slightly shorter one than uh, Two Infinity War was. But like yeah, the, bittersweet. Like the show itself. Yeah, absolutely bittersweet. But uh, uh, I, think that, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode make sure you check us out it's www.superliminalfilms.com also facebook youtube twitter twitch and instagram if you like this podcast and you like other podcasts like it our other podcast that max and i do that comes out every monday did you see is airing and both podcasts can be found anywhere that fine podcasts are sold bye everybody